Purdue football news. Welcome to the Golden Black Radio pregame show as we get you set for Saturday's kickoff. Now here's your host, Kyle Charter. After consecutive road wins, the Boilermakers return home looking to keep the winning streak alive and stake a claim again as a favorite in the Big Ten West. It's Purdue hosting Nebraska in ross Stadium under the lights at 7.30 on Saturday night. Kyle Charter's here with Tom Deanhart. We'll bring in Brian Newbert and Alan Carpick here in a few minutes for the Gold and Black Radio pregame show. The Boilermakers back at home finally. It seems like it's been uh, a month. It hasn't quite been that long, Tom. Uh, but Purdue back after back-to-back road upsets against Minnesota and Maryland. Purdue will be a favorite. It seems like that has been a rarity so far this season, though it probably will be more common here in the second half of the year. Taking on a Nebraska team that has won a couple of games in a row under interim head coach Mickey Joseph, though the two victories are against Indiana and Rutgers, probably the two worst teams in the Big Ten East. Boilermakers will be a couple of touchdown favorites, though this does to me feel like sort of a, 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 I don't know, maybe a sneaky dangerous game because the Cornhuskers are probably improved a little bit and will come into ross with just a bit of confidence. Yeah, they got nothing to lose too, Kyle, so that's always a nice mindset to play with. Uh, uh, they're the underdog, like you said, a 14-point underdog. <clears throat> they're supposed to lose. They're supposed to be circling the drain, so this is a house money, if you will, for the Huskers. Uh, and, um, yeah, the wins by Nebraska, while you never want to discredit a win in the Big Ten, they are less than impressive, knocking off Indiana and Rutgers by the hair of their teeth last week out there in New Brunswick. And, um, yeah, you know, this is for Purdue. It's, it's nice to get back home, isn't it, Kyle? Like you said, three of the previous four were on the road. Purdue will go back on the road next week, so they will have played four or six games on the road during this stretch. But, boy, the stakes keep getting higher, don't they? Three-way tie atop the Big Ten with Purdue, Nebraska, and Illinois. And let's let's be honest, right, Kyle? This is a game Purdue has to win if it has any illusions or delusions about winning the, the Big Ten West. You got to take care of business against the Corn Huskers without a doubt. And um, we'll see if they can do it. I'm like you, Kyle. I'm a little leery. I think this could be closer than people think. Yeah, it feels like every game is going to be must win. This one is is now, so maybe it's muster win. I, I don't know. But <laughs> it does sort of have that sense, I think. Um, maybe a little bit more must win than next week because you do feel like maybe you could go on the road to a Wisconsin where you're likely to be an underdog and lose that game and yeah. still have – you know, a, a good shot to uh, be there at the end of the Big Ten West. Nebraska is an improved. Nebraska is an improved football team. I mean, clearly, uh, Joseph has brought some stability there that uh, Scott Frost lacked. Uh, the defensive change. I think even you talking to some of Purdue's uh, offensive players this week, they noted that just on film they can tell that the the defense maybe for the Cornhuskers is a little bit more sure a little bit more confident in what it's doing, uh, things uh, uh, of that nature. So Purdue uh, is going to face what seems like a better Nebraska team than what it was under Scott Frost. Yeah, you know, there's no doubt about it. I think especially on the defensive side of the ball. Remember, uh, Mickey Joseph fired the defensive coordinator after that debacle against Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, Bill Bush is now running the defense watching Nebraska film and talking to people who cover the team, Kyle, that I guess they've just simplified things on that side of the ball. 
They're not trying to have to be in the perfect, the perfect alignment, the perfect call each time. They just really kind of boil things down, play more of a basic defense. I think that simplification seems like it's helped that defense. Um, at least not be quite as porous as it had been. I still think Kyle is very vulnerable, obviously, especially in the back end. Uh, but again, credit to Nebraska because I thought this thing was over for them that they'd be lucky to win another game, and here they are atop the Big Ten in mid-October. So credit again to Mickey Joseph. Now, offensively, Kyle, there are some weapons, buddy. They have a big three in their quarterback, Casey Thompson. He's from Texas. Of course, Anthony Grant, the running back, who's number four in the Big Ten in rushing. Uh, and then Trey Palmer, their wide receiver from LSU. He's their big play guy. So they can gas you with some plays and some playmakers. So that defense for Purdue is going to have to be on its toes. Big storyline for the Boilermakers yet again is the injury situation. It's, it's as if uh, Purdue has to keep you know, a half dozen starters on the DL uh, <laughs> per game. It just doesn't always have to be the same six, but unfortunately for Purdue, it will be down another running back. Dylan Downing will join King Doru on the sideline, though Doru might have a chance to dress and perhaps play. I would, I would, I would think that that would be pretty doubtful. Um, then the offensive line situation, Daniel Johnson is now out. Purdue has to shuffle the offensive line last week, which I think had some um, mixed results as well. Man, this this doesn't seem like a situation that's going to resolve itself, the injury situation as a whole, uh, anytime soon. No, the, the line is the big worry in my book, Kyle. Cam Craig's not coming back. Daniel Johnson's not coming back. So the, the, you're down to six linemen you feel really comfortable playing. So that depth is now razor thin. And uh, with six games to go, too, can these six guys stay healthy? over the last six games. So uh, fingers are crossed, I'm sure, over the Kozic football performance complex. And you talked about the running back situation. You know, King Daru sounds like he will dress. Jeff Rom said a game-time decision. I'm like you, I doubt if he plays. Of course, Dylan Downing hurt a foot at Maryland. He's out probably for an extended stretch, Kyle. So Devin Mock, I expect him to start. Of course, Kobe Lewis will get some turns. And Tyrone Tracy, to me, Kyle, this is going to be the fun thing for Saturday night. Tyrone Tracy is supposedly going to be a running back. We'll see how much he does play running back, how many carries he gets, because that's a position I thought he should probably always be at to begin with. So that will be interesting to watch. And then, you know, as far as the defensive injuries go, they're, they're in pretty good shape over there. Of course, the Chris Jefferson news, you know, he's out to take care of his mental health for who knows how long, maybe a game, maybe two games, maybe the rest of the season. We're not sure. Uh, of course, he only played 10 snaps last week. So Sanusi Kane will play a big role uh, in Jefferson's absence on Saturday night. But uh, otherwise, and, and I guess the only other key one is OC Brothers, Kyle. Um, he, he's got a knee issue. He's going to be out for a second game in a row. He may not be back for the no November 5th game against Iowa at home. Yeah. Certainly a lot of guys to monitor uh, who's in. And who's out, and uh, you know, we'll see if there are any updates on on any of that in the hours before uh, the kickoff at seven thirty on Saturday. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Tom's conversation with Sean Callahan that's coming up in just a moment. We'll check in with Brian and Al as well. You're listening to the Golden Black Radio pregame show. 
This is Storm Team 18 meteorologist Lisa Montgomery. We've got sunny but cool conditions for the Purdue game against Nebraska. A warm jacket or even layer up, that would be a good idea for the day. Mostly sunny for the tailgaters with highs in the mid to the upper 50s. Kickoff at 7.30, look for partly cloudy skies with a temp around 52 degrees. Post game, expect chilly temps around 45 degrees. So it will be chilly for the day and the night. But let's Root on the Boilermakers. Go Boilermakers! This is Storm Team 18 meteorologist Lisa Montgomery. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. It's time to break it down as we go in-depth about Purdue's opponent. Hey, super psyched to have one of my best buddies in the biz join me now, Sean Callahan, a longtime legendary Nebraska insider. He covers the Huskers on multiple platforms, radio, TV, social, you name it. Sean's got it covered on some platform if it has to do with Nebraska athletics. Sean, Good to hear from you, buddy. Nebraska's rolling into West Lafayette, primetime game, Saturday night. Let's get deep into this uh, analysis. First off, what can Purdue fans expect from that Nebraska offense? You know, it's been up and down. Um, Honestly, Tom, they haven't clicked very well at times, but then when they do get hot, they get hot. They've got some playmakers, uh, Trey Palmer, Casey Thompson at quarterback, and then Anthony Grant, that trifecta, and then they're tied in. Travis Volkolex, probably an NFL t- tight end. They've got a really good group right there, uh, but their offensive line has been a real problem. Um, the tackle play has not held up. Um, they've had some injuries. They've had um, some other things happen. Um, so that has been a real problem. I mean, Indiana and, and um, Rutgers last week have just pressured the heck out of Casey Thompson. In fact, Last week, Thompson had 38 dropbacks. 26 of his 38 were pressured, mm. and only 11 dropbacks total did Rutgers bring more than four rushers. Interesting. And then um, now the Nebraska defense, Sean, I know there have been some problems on that side of the ball. They've already fired one of their coordinators. Kind of give Purdue fans a sense of maybe what they can expect from that Nebraska defense Saturday night. Yeah, they've played a lot better. They've just cleaned things up. They're lining up. I think the problem before with Eric Chenander was they were almost trying to call the perfect call every time, and what it was doing was putting them in a position where they weren't ready to be lined up for the snap. And so you saw a lot of alignment and gap issues that led to big plays because the defense just wasn't set. So Bill Bush came over, and you know he was a um, safeties coach for the national championship LSU team. He was the guy that recruited Joe Burrow and convinced Ed Orgeron to bring Joe Burrow uh, to Baton Rouge on the national championship run there when they won the title in 19. So very, very good coach. And Bill Bush has kind of cleaned things up. They've held the opponent scoreless in the second half now, two straight weeks. The tackling's been better. The pass rush has been better. Even at Rutgers, we saw them force three interceptions in the second half, which ultimately led to the firing of Sean Gleason, Greg Schiano's offensive coordinator, on Sunday after the loss to Nebraska. All right, Sean, how do you see this game unfolding in ross Stadium? I think the Bullermakers are coming in about 11-and-a-half-point favorites. They've won three in a row. 
Uh, I know Nebraska's won two in a row, so it's two teams tied atop the Big Ten West with Illinois. Again, how do you see this unfolding before our eyes on Saturday night? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for Nebraska. Um, They're very fortunate to beat Rutgers, and you know both their wins were wins, Indiana Rutgers, but neither was like a complete performance. Um, I, I just think at home, at night, um, and you know, you, Purdue can smell the West right now. And so can Nebraska. I mean, they're two and one, but I, I think Purdue with that head to head win now over Maryland and Minnesota, they've put themselves in a great position um, to win the West. Illinois and Purdue, you know, if you were to kind of rank favorites, they might be the two favorites right now uh, based on last weekend's results. I think Wisconsin's still a sleeper, but I think the Boilermakers probably win by a touchdown. I'll say Purdue wins. 34-27. Yeah, Sean, I think last time the Huskers were here in 2020, a COVID game, and the Huskers left ross Stadium with a W that night. So I know Purdue's dialed in, and uh, they're, they're leery of Nebraska. They know that they've been playing well, and it should be a fun matchup, Sean. I look forward to seeing you, and again, really appreciate you coming by here and, and giving us some Nebraska knowledge to get us ready. Yeah, hey, thanks, Tom. It should be a great atmosphere. Um, big game, big night um, in West Lafayette. Sell out crowd. Take care, Sean. All right, Tom. Thank you. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. East End Grill and Downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. Let's bring in Brian Newber to get his perspective on the Boilermakers and the Cornhuskers. Purdue is halfway through its season with a 4-2 and two record, having won three consecutive games. I think it's a little bit interesting, Brian, that Purdue was an underdog in four of the six games in the first half of the season. I think it will be an overdog. It will be the favorite probably in at least four games in the second half of the season. The, the two games that are probably questionable, I think, are at Wisconsin and, and at Illinois. We'll see where the lines fall when we get to those games. Of course, a lot can change in the second half of year, too. But if you look at it that way, the anticipation is Purdue will go from being uh, an underdog in a lot of these games to a favorite in a lot of these games. It'll be interesting to see how Purdue deals with that a little bit, because even looking back to last year, you know, I don't think that the expectations going into the second half of last year were all that high on Purdue. It got to play the underdog role quite often and did very well in it, has done very well in it at the beginning of this year. 
We'll see how Purdue adjusts to being a favorite and to potentially being one of the favorites in the Big Ten West. Yeah, that'd be the first theoretical question I'd ask is, would you rather be the favorite or would you rather be the underdog? Uh, given the history of Purdue here under Jeff Brom is they've played pretty well as an underdog. But you're right about those, you know, I still think Wisconsin's Wisconsin, no matter the fact that they haven't had a great year and they have a new coach now. I'm interested to see how they play uh, coming off that Northwestern game, whether that was them, you know, uh, being energized by by Jim Leonard or whether that was just an indictment of how far Northwestern's fallen. I don't know, but I think that's probably a game where you're, you're an underdog. I think Illinois, we'll see if they turn into a pumpkin here in the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll see if people figure them out during the back half of the season. We'll see where they are when Purdue has to play them, but those are the two games you're right. But this does kind of change for Purdue a little bit in terms of uh, like they shouldn't approach things this way, but uh, we all know it's human nature uh, for this sort of thing to happen is, you know, they can't take anything for granted just because they've won a couple of big 10 games here. And, uh, um, you know, you're going to have a decent number of home games starting this weekend uh, against Nebraska. You can't take anything for granted because you're at home, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I, I think what's encouraging about it from Purdue's perspective is you've gotten to four and two and you've gotten to, you know, win these two games since the resumption of Big Ten play without the best of Aiden O'Connell either. I mean, even before he got hurt, I don't know if he was having the sort of season that, um, you know, Purdue needed him to have to have a big-time year. I think that's, you know, something that's out there too as something that could really matter in the second half of the season. If he suddenly returns to form, um, you know, all of a sudden not only are you 4-2, and two, but – you have a little bit of upside remaining too. Now the injuries are really piling up yeah, uh, too. And I, I don't know if Purdue is dealing with more than most college football teams. It sure seems like they do. Uh, but I have no, uh, I have no data about that. Um, but the injuries are piling up. You know, I think people are going to start to figure out Charlie Jones a little bit. I think you saw Maryland do a good job taking him away. That's a big difference too, moving forward. But I think, you know, there's still a little bit of upside here too for Purdue. Yeah, you've written about this a little bit or at least tweeted about it. I think that, you know, Purdue and its offense has some room for some more growth. Aiden O'Connell does, you know, Charlie Jones, or at least finding a second second option out there. Purdue has only averaged, I think, the number now is it's ticking up a little bit, 12 points per game in the first half of uh, the FBS games this season. I think Purdue had 17 in the first half against Maryland, so it brought that average up a little bit. But it does seem like, you know, if Purdue is going to reach its potential, it's going to have to play a little bit better offensively, especially late in the second quarter into early in the third quarter, where Purdue just it really hasn't done a whole lot all season. And those have those are generally when you're a good team, generally, and I don't know what the stats are behind this. I, I would imagine that there's some stats to back it up. You play really well in the last, you know, three, four minutes of a first half and and sort of leading into that second half. Purdue just really hasn't done that. Yeah, Purdue hasn't finished halves great. You know, they haven't started second halves great. I think there's some upside there, uh, too. But I also think, you know, uh, I don't want to sound like trick play guy, throw deep guy, you know, but you know, <laughs> like I still feel like they could do a better bit of a better job, you know, stealing the occasional touchdown. Uh, you know, that was one of the hallmarks of, of Jeff Brom's, uh, you know, tenure at Purdue prior to this season is that, you know, 
they could do anything at any time, uh, you know, for a quick touchdown here and there. And I just think if you can, I know saying, if you could just do that once a game, that's not an insignificant <laughs> ask I'm making. But, you know, I, I think if you could do it a couple of times here the rest of the season, um, I think your offensive upside uh, kind of lies there. But also, I think if, if you show a little bit more of that stuff, maybe some of your base offense works a little bit better, too. I mean, Purdue's going to have – you know, don't be – don't be fooled by the Minnesota game. I, I still don't think Purdue is going to, you know, it's going to be easy sledding here, running the football yeah. uh, for Purdue, especially with injuries mounting and all that stuff. And um, I just think anything you can do to uh, create confusion among your opponents from a defensive perspective, I think, you know, can really help you uh, be more effective with your bread and butter stuff too. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. No problem. That's Brian Newbert with his perspective on the game on Saturday. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more. This is Golden Black Radio. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent We'll walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. What else is going on around the league? Let's take a look. It's the Big Ten Roundup. Let's bring in Alan Karpik and talk some Big Ten football. The four games outside the one in West Lafayette that we'll be talking about. There's only five games on the schedule in the Big Ten this week. So let's uh, jump right into it, Al. A couple of noon kickoffs, uh, big ones in the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. Let's start out East. Number 10, Penn State, taking on number five, Michigan and Ann Arbor. Both of these teams are undefeated. The combined 11 and oh, Michigan is a touchdown favorite uh this could be an interesting game you know the wolverines you know they played pretty well in the second half against indiana last week let the hoosiers keep the game tied in the first half maybe they were sleepwalking a little bit against indiana but man this is a this is a this is a big one for both these squads yeah no doubt it will set the direction uh, you know everybody at least myself i should say presume it was just going to be ohio state and michigan in the last game of the year as it used to be back in the day uh, but Penn State has a lot to say about it. I, I, you know, again, I go back to the Purdue-Penn State game. I know that was week one. You're not wildly impressed with the Nittany Lions and what it does offensively, but they're pretty good defensively. They run the football, and Michigan has been kind of kind of struggling at times. J.J. McCarthy is, looks the part, acts the part at times, but offensively they've been, they've been just okay. Defensively, they're good enough to play with anybody. So, yeah, this may be a uh, under three touchdown type game, and uh, it will be a typical October Big Ten uh, slugfest, I would think, in Ann Arbor. But I still like Michigan to get out of this one alive. All right, let's take a look at the game in the uh, West uh, between Minnesota and number twenty-four Illinois. The Gophers are actually a six and a half point favorite in this one. Who would have guessed the Illini ranked? 
Uh, that was an ugly game they played last week, but they won it uh, against Iowa. Uh, and, you know, Illinois at home here in a, in a game that will matter in the Big Ten West. Who would have thought that in the middle of October? Yeah, who would have thought? And that six and a half point line is interesting to me just because of, you know, Miss, Illinois hasn't given up a touchdown basically defensively. I know they haven't played great competition or great offenses, I should say, but uh, dating back to the uh, kind of, I think that uh, tough, bad, maybe roughly uh, looked at a rough, bad call against Indiana. But my point is, is that, uh, yeah, it's interesting that Minnesota six and a half point favors. Obviously, Mo, Minnesota has Mo coming back, and that's mm-hmm. going to be a big difference. Uh, and maybe it gives them a chance to run the football a little bit better. Uh, I think that will be an interesting game. And I'm not sure if you're a Purdue fan who you cheer for in this one. I really don't know because the way the schedules play out, uh, if if you want to assume Purdue's going to lose another game, and that's an assumption, and still win the Big Ten West, uh, the chips are going to have to fall very neatly for Purdue for it to happen. And, but that kind of ties into this game. And I'm not, again, I'm not sure who you want to have win. I think maybe Purdue just needs to take care of its own business and not worry about it. Yeah. I, I think that you want Illinois to win because you play Illinois yeah. and, and Minnesota's schedule is, is, is workable. I mean, they, you know, they, they have to play Penn state though. That's Penn the one state. thing. Yeah. Um, so that maybe is the one game. Uh, they still play with, but I don't think Minnesota loses again. If they can beat Penn State, they've only got one more loss in the tank. You're right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think you're probably right on that. That you cheer for Illinois. I, I I'm still not buying all of Illinois just yet. Uh, uh, and again, Tommy DeVito too, the quarterback. If he's not healthy, that yeah. offense really labored last week against a great defense at Iowa. So maybe that's hard to tell. Maryland and Indiana playing in Bloomington at 3.30 on Saturday. The Hoosiers uh, have lost three consecutive games. Indiana has sort of been exposed uh, here a little bit. That offensive line is is just really bad, which – I mean, they have a veteran offensive line that's that's not good, which is a, a bad combination. Bad problem. It's a bad combination to be, especially when you don't have any, any young guys sort of waiting in the wings. But if IU is to get to six wins, which I think is a real long shot, this one is is sort of must win for Indiana. This one and next week. I mean, you, you got to be Maryland Rutgers if you're Indiana to have a chance. Any hope? Yeah, they absolutely have to, and they probably have to beat Purdue, you know, or something like that down the stretch too to get there. Uh, you would think. Um, yeah, this one Maryland is funny because I don't know if last week was such a letdown. Now that they're off of a loss, and I think game that they thought maybe they would get. Um, who knows on the road? I, 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 this one could be sneaky if Indiana, even though I'm not wild about where the Hoosiers are as a football team is as well. But uh, I think this one's going to be it. Maryland can score, uh, and Purdue did an excellent job, really, for the most part last week, uh, except for this at the end of the halves to, in holding Maryland back. But I think, and I don't know, that Maryland will have enough to get out of uh, Bloomington alive, but it should be an interesting game. Four o'clock, Wisconsin at Michigan State. <laughs> that's exciting <laughs> i mean two teams that just sort of feel like they're going nowhere now maybe the badgers uh maybe the badgers are better than the record i don't know they're three and three one and two michigan state is just not great this will be an interesting game i think you know if the badgers come out and just sort of throw all over the place you know graham mertz looks good one week and and bad the next <laughs> sort of crazy but um I don't know. I mean, Michigan State is not very good, and, and Wisconsin has flashes where it's okay. 
I will tell you about Wisconsin, what I feel about Wisconsin on October 22nd at about 7.07 p.m., okay? <laughs> that is when I'll tell you because I, I'm a, I'm a show-me person in, in uh, Purdue, and, and I'm not saying you're talking smack about the Badgers because they deserve some smack. And that whole interim coach thing is funny with Jim Leonard. You know, this is a team that if Wisconsin plays good defensively uh, and can find a way to run the football, which they ought to be able to do, uh, they'll win easily this week and I think they'll give Purdue a tough game up there but uh I I have a it's just a it's been so long long situation to, it it just does not look like uh, that you'll see uh, Michigan State get much better before long the Spartans at one point this year and it wasn't all that long ago just a month ago were ranked 11th in the country yeah we're 11 not is that why somebody they're calling for rankings not to start till the fifth or sixth week of the season which i don't agree with rankings are fun what the heck you know i mean that's what we talk about if we took rankings away you and i wouldn't have anything to talk about so (laughs) we could talk about golf maybe but not that so there you go all right that's the big 10 roundup let's go back in time with a historical look here's alan karthik all right, Al, let's hit the historical view of Purdue and Nebraska. This is a night game, 7.30 kickoff in, in Ross-Aid. Purdue hasn't really been uh, all that great in night games in Ross-Aid, though we love them. Uh, the Boilermakers just historically 5-11. and 11. If I counted right, you know, it's funny. They don't put that, I don't think, in the Purdue press notes because it's not a real positive <laughs> note. But the Boilermakers 5-11 dating back to 1986, Purdue-Ohio State, the first night game. Uh, yeah, it has not been. Uh, Jeff Brom has beaten Ohio, Ohio State, and uh, FAU. So he's won three of those five games, I believe, uh, in Ross A. But Purdue's played Nebraska at night under the Jeff Brom era back in 2017, a 25-24 loss. It was at Riker Fife. Is that what we were talking about? That we were talking about that offline. Who was the quarterback that came in and, and drove the Nebraska down the field? But uh, yeah, uh, Purdue's going to have a great environment tomorrow night. A sold out. One would think Purdue will put its aces performance on, but uh, history at least says that uh, Purdue has struggled at home at night. The road team in this series has been pretty good historically as well. Yeah, it, it has been, uh, even going back to COVID year uh, when the, when Nebraska came in here and won. Uh, Purdue has won in at Nebraska in, what, 2018 and 2021, if I'm right. I'm getting my ears. COVID screwed me up so much I can't remember <laughs> what year's what. But, yes, the road teams have won and a, a fair number. And this series still goes back to the 1950s, actually, when Purdue did a home-and-home, home, I think, uh, with Nebraska. I guess they actually only played them once, shut them out in the late 50s when uh, that, that series started. So, yeah, I still get used to Nebraska being in the Big Ten, but uh, that's what happens when you're old, Kyle. You get used to the old, the way things used to be. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I just like saying the name Riker Fife. Oh, yeah, Riker Fife. There yeah. Riker Fife. That's, uh, that's one of the backups, that's one really... of the many backups that have given Purdue problems historically. Yeah, Purdue blew a second half lead in that game. Uh, uh, I think at a 24 12 lead, lost it in the fourth quarter in a 25 24 loss. Yeah. But who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Al. All right. Thanks, Kyle. That's a historical view of Purdue and Nebraska. We'll take a break. Be back with more on Golden Black Radio. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at twdesignbuild.com. 
Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. Let's bring Tom back in and talk a little bit of matchups and give our predictions for Purdue and Nebraska. This Nebraska team uh, has some issues in the back half. It, it feels to me like a game that Purdue could get right in its passing game. Not that Purdue has been wrong in its passing game, but we really, I, I think, haven't seen Aiden O'Connell and his receivers and, and Payne Durham and the offensive line all for a full game really been clicking at the same time. It feels like a game uh, that Purdue could get closer to that against the Cornhuskers. Yeah, maybe that Syracuse game. I know that's a game O'Connell got hurt, but well, he looked pretty good in that one, throwing for over 400 yards. But you're right. This will be uh, another week removed from that injury, that that rib injury we believe Aiden suffered at Syracuse. So he should be more like himself health-wise, driving the football, throwing downfield. So I expect him to be torqued up and ready to go Saturday night. Um, and you're right, that second day for Nebraska, at one point last week they were playing a seventh-year senior who was 25 years old and a true freshman. So they've got some issues in the back end that Purdue can maybe exploit. And Charlie Jones, Kyle, uh, he needs to refine that September mojo he had. Um, he's tapered off three catches last week for 15 yards. He's not healthy, Kyle. That, that, that's the bottom line. Jeff Rahm said he, when he got to Purdue in the summer, he wasn't healthy. and knew they were going to have to deal with some things. And now he's got some more things. So just lower body things, I'm told. And uh, he doesn't practice that much. They just want to get into game days. He didn't practice on Tuesday of this week, was out there Wednesday and Thursday. So they got to try to get him torqued back up, um, maybe hit some deep passes. Let's see if Mershon Rice can pick up where he left off last week. It was good to see him reemerge. We all know Purdue needs that number two target. T.J. Sheffield still an option, maybe Dion Burks. You know, Elijah Kane is not going to play again. Kyle, look for Abdul Rahman Yassin, though, to see his first significant action of the year. And to give you another Brock Thompson update, uh, mm. obviously he's not going to play Saturday. Maybe we'll see him for that Iowa game November 5th. He's still a few weeks away, it sounds like. Yeah. Maybe one of the best things Mickey Joseph did was get away with this, get 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 rid of the silly black shirts thing, which has been like yeah. a ridiculous thing for a number of years now for Nebraska's defense. It's not very good either against the run, though the Cornhuskers have been better against the run here these last couple of weeks. You do have to count yep. by saying it was Indiana <laughs> and Rutgers. But, you know, if you're Devin Mockaby and you're, you're, you know, likely to make your first start here on uh, Saturday, you have to feel like, you know, if Purdue can soften up that defense, there might be some running lanes for him in this game where he can make some big plays. Yeah, I think Nebraska's, I know they're last in the Big Ten in rush defense, giving up about 160 yards. And you're right. This has been an Aiden O'Connell-like rise for Devin Mockaby, right? I was thinking about that last night. Begins the year as probably the fourth string running back to walk on. And now at the midway point of the year, he's the starter. So uh, here we go again with the Cinderella walk-on at Purdue in the backfield, right? And you're exactly right. Right, maybe Mockaby can rip off some big runs, especially like you talked about, Kyle, if Purdue's throwing the football to put that Nebraska defense back on its heels. Maybe that creates some nice room for, for number 45 to have another big run like he did late against Minnesota. And maybe Kobe Lewis can get some confidence too. And like I mentioned earlier, Kyle, Tyrone Tracy, boy, it will be fun to see him 
get maybe eight to ten carries to see what he can do. And uh, who knows? Crazy things happen during a football season. Injuries happen. People get opportunities and fun storylines emerge. So, again, that, I'm really eager to see number three if he gets a chance to carry the ball much. You know, Nebraska's offense does scare me a little bit. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, they've got name guys. I mean, their, their skill yep. guys are are pretty good. But but also then you look and they they get shut out in the in the first half last Friday night, I guess, week ago. Um, score only 14 points in the second half. What is holding that offense back? What can Purdue do to maybe keep that uh, in line again for at least another week? The offensive line for Nebraska struggles, Kyle, especially at the tackle spot. If you look at the pro football focus grades, and not good, just not good. And and I think that's been a big issue. And we all know football starts in the trenches. And, again, the Nebraska O-line has, has been substandard. And that's been an issue for that offense, I think, from a, from a, from a consistency standpoint that's really held it back. So an opportunity for Purdue, you know, those defensive – the Vans, we saw Corday sitting there last week, sort of take a next step with a couple sacks, some pressures. You know, Kydrin Jenkins continues to play well. So maybe a chance for, for that D-line to get cranked up a little bit more to get in Casey Thompson's face, get some pressure, maybe force some turnovers. I think the last time these teams played, Kyle, last year in Lincoln, Purdue had, I think, four interceptions. Jalen Graham one, ran one back for a, for, an, for a touchdown. So, Maybe Purdue can have another multiple uh, turnover day because they're due, Kyle. The last two games, what I think Purdue's had six turnovers, so that they're now negative on the turnover margin this year. Maybe in this game they can get back on the plus side for the year. Yeah, I think Nebraska is also negative uh, minus two, maybe in, in turnover margin. I mean, uh, we'll get to predictions here in just a second, Tom. But th- this has to be an probably never happen. It cannot be often where you have turned the ball over six times in two <laughs> games as a road underdog in the Big Ten and won both those games. I, I mean, that, just, that is astounding. <laughs> and I think, Kyle, if the opponents have only given up – I mean, Purdue's only given up three points off those turnovers. Um, yeah. um, they gave up none last week. Purdue turned the ball over on three consecutive possessions. In the third quarter last week, and Maryland scored zero points. And I think Maryland, Minnesota had three points off three turnovers by Purdue. So just astounding. I'm like you. It's just mystifying. And, and one of those things that, that breaks all convention when, when, when you think about football and what turnovers can, can do to a team. All right, predictions, uh, Tom. Another one-possession game here on Saturday night. Who you got? <laughs> Purdue is favored by 14. I, I think Purdue will win. Uh, I'm going with 40 to 28 where they, where they barely don't, don't cover. Uh, maybe it's tighter than this, but, boy, the more I look at Nebraska, the more I wonder how, how can they really stay close with Purdue, especially if O'Connell's healthy. So, again, I think Purdue takes care of business in double digits, but it doesn't cover the 14. Yeah, I like that. I, I I like it a little bit closer than than that line. I'll I'll take the Boilermakers thirty-one to twenty, maybe a little bit lower scoring uh, than what you predict there. But I I think that Purdue takes care of business. They make this one a little bit easier on themselves in the fourth quarter than what we've seen for pretty much every game this year. And and you know maybe Purdue allows the the Purdue fans there to to breathe a little easier uh, late in this contest. But I've got the Boilermakers. Uh, winning by 11 over Nebraska. Hey, uh, as always, Tom, thank you. Take care, buddy. Be good.
If you like the podcast, be sure to give us five stars. Uh, give us a comment as well. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. Thanks to our sponsors. And for Tom Dean Hart, Alan Carpick, and Brian Dubert, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.